Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Here joining me to my right is Mr. Roe Hancock. How are we, Nick? Death, taxes, and you and I turning up on a Friday night. Here we are once again, my man. So predictable, Mr. Zamet. Oh, indeed, indeed. And what an episode it's going to be. We've said it For the sure. last couple of weeks, despite the season being over, the action is still nonstop mm. and frenetic, to say the least. Tonight's going to be part one of a two-part series where we're going to do our final conclusive end-of-season grades for both the Eastern and Western Conference. Tonight, tackling the Eastern Conference, we'll rattle through together Mm. all 15 teams, just giving a bit of a rating on how their season's panned out based on our predictions going into the year. Uh, So very excited to get into that with you momentarily. For sure. Me too. Should be good. Before we get into it, though, I say it week in and week out. A big shout-out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, both those networks, despite the season being over, continuing to showcase our good work here at The Daily Dribble. Very, very appreciative of all their continued hard work and support of us. That certainly means a lot. So uh, keep up the good work to Stadium Scene and The Cover. Indeed. All right, let's do it, Ro. Let's not let's stand on ceremony any longer. We will start, start alphabetical order, Eastern Conference, two-part series, as I said, Western Conference next week. We're going to start tonight with the Atlanta Hawks. They finished seventh this season with a record of 41 and 41. Mm. What did you make of their season? Yeah, well, I was I was hopeful coming into this season because we look at their acquisition of DeJounte Murray coming into the season and you think, okay, we know that one player isn't going to make all the difference, but they, they, he should make somewhat of a difference. And to start, I don't know if you remember, Nick, but to start off this season, the Atlanta Hawks were on fire. And were. we were thinking perhaps this one guy, DeJounte Murray, will, will make the difference. And on paper, they were looking like a good team, but they fell off throughout the course of the season. I've given them a C-plus for the season. I thought yeah. to finish at seventh, it's probably just above a pass mark. Mm-hmm. In saying that, I couldn't give them any higher than that because there was hope going into this season, particularly when they acquired DeJounte Murray, that they could potentially be one of these teams who we saw the other the other year when they made their way to the Eastern Conference Absolutely. Finals. And we thought that potentially they might be able to be there or thereabouts mm-hmm. in that sort of four to five mark. Mm-hmm. wasn't to be um, just another sort of... Even though they finished seventh, I almost think it was a nothing season for the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Like they didn't really make any huge steps forward in their progress. That's and that's probably the most disappointing part for me. Got a few players who didn't really have the best of seasons, like Capella and yes. Johnny Collins, who's since been dealt. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I, there's still plenty of time for the Atlanta Hawks to improve, but this season was just a bit of a nothing season. I tend to agree with you. I predicted them seventh this year. They finished seventh, as Roe alluded to. Mm. Um, I gave them a C rating. The acquisition of John Collins, uh, sorry, of DeJounte Murray, Mm. he averaged 20 and a half points, five rebounds, six assists. Trey Young averaged 26 points, three rebounds, 10 assists. He took a real dip in his efficiency, though, which stood out to me. And it kind Mm. of, as he played off ball a little bit more so, as Murray came into the squad, he, went, he was shooting 43% from the field and 33.5% from three. They need him to be a higher-level operator to actually go further. No doubt, um, no doubt. They made their way into the play-in. They faced the Celtics in the first round, bowing out 4-2 in that one. They just looked a little bit off the pace. And I, mm. with the, the point you made, Ro, about it just being a bit of a, a nothing year kind mm. of rung, rung true. Mm. Yep. Um, it just almost felt going through the motions and, you know, we've since seen they've moved on from John Collins. But with the way their roster is currently constructed, 
in this East, it's only continuing to get better. I don't know how far they'll go. Um, so I, I gave them a C as well. I think so. Just passed, didn't they? But, I mean, they haven't Barely. impressed anyone. They no. haven't impressed anyone. It's like when you do the bare minimum in school and you just get that satisfactory result. Absolutely. Yeah, the teacher's not looking at you like, oh, you're going to be the next big thing. 100%. <laughs> well, I'm interested to see where we go with our second team, if we differ at all. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I predicted them for a third-place finish, finish, should I say. They yeah. ended up finishing sixth with a record of 45 and 37. Despite that, I've given them a B-minus rating, mm. just purely based on how plucky they were despite undergoing such a radical change I'm midway through the season. Mm. Um, it really was a drastic overhaul with Harden, Irving, and KD departing, um, whilst also having Ben Simmons go MIA. Um, yep. That's, all, that's almost usual. That's a, that's a foregone mm. conclusion now mm. that Simmons mm. will go missing. Um, and you'd have to say that this, this phase, this iteration of the Brooklyn Nets, that big three that they really went all in on, was extremely disappointing. Yes. Extremely yep. disappointing. It did not bear fruit at all. Um, they've since had to resort back to their grit and grind kind of ways. They've brought back Dimwitty, um, also acquired Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. They ended up making the playoffs. They bowed out in straight sets against Philly, 4-zip. But take nothing away from them. I thought they were more than admirable, given the pieces they had at their disposal, Uh you can't, I, to be honest, I found in that latter, latter half of the season mm. that I couldn't help but, you know, root, root for them for a little them. bit. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, it was really endearing the way that they kind of persevered despite going such a big change. But, um, yeah, for that reason, I've given them a B minus. Mm, I'm with you. B minus for me as well. And there's just something about these teams who, particularly after they lose top end talent as yes. they did, Extensive top end talent, like Three. the toppest end of talent, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and to still show signs of grit and grind, it, it really endears um, them to yourself. And um, I thought the acquisition of Mikael Bridges was a really good one, even though he has been since sort of potentially shopped elsewhere. Yeah, there's still signs that he could be a massive contributor for the Brooklyn Nets going forward. Um, the Brooklyn Net, the Brooklyn Nets have sort of hurt my trust. <laughs> um, because now going forward with teams who, such as the Phoenix Suns, we were discussing last week and yeah. the jury's still out and whether they will be what people are predicting them to be. But Brooklyn Nets, after losing KD and Kyrie and, you know, James Harden as well, they've got me worried about teams going forward just because you have top-end talent doesn't necessarily mean it's all going to work. But And to be honest, it's not been... You know, that correlating factor over the last couple of years in particular between establishing these big three teams mm. um, or these superstar-laden teams hasn't exactly resulted in success. It hasn't. It hasn't, has it? But, yeah, credit to the Brooklyn Nets after they lost that top-end talent. And I, I'm sort of a bit optimistic for what's to come for the Brooklyn Nets. Like, yeah. there's still... There's still a lot of the unknown going forward for the Brooklyn Nets because yep. we've still it's like all things considered it's a fairly small sample size. Oh, it is. But to think that at least they've got the mindset to want to compete on any given night, even if it's not going to result in wins, I think it's really admirable. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what's to come for them, mate. Whilst you're on a roll, let's move ahead to your Beantown boys, the Boston Celtics. Um, they finished second this year with a record of fifty-seven and twenty-five made it through the playoffs, bowing out in the conference finals. How would you grade their season? So, look, I've got my green glasses on, but I've given them an A- for this season. 
Coming into the season, I was a little bit worried, to be honest with you, because there was a lot of distraction and turmoil for the franchise over the off-season. And sometimes... Sorry, was that, that was an A-minus, wasn't it? A-minus, A-minus. I'm just, I'm just trying to look at the lenses you've got on, <laughs> you know... <laughs> It, I'm seeing visually white, yes, but in my head I'm seeing very green, green glass. Got a green, green hue to it, doesn't it? Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> no, a minus. Yeah, no, a, there was a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of turmoil, turmoil over the off season, and I mean, going heading into this season, I was kind of worried that that would lead to a substandard regular season, and our players would be distracted. And sometimes, like we've seen it constantly over the last few seasons, sometimes there'll be off seasons such as Charlotte's mm-hmm. where they were, they've had turmoil over the off season and it translates to the regular season but i think a 57 and 25 record yes we didn't go all the way yes we didn't get past the eastern conference finals but to have a regular season like that seeing some really good signs a player like malcolm brogdon who's just new acquisition yes. six man of the year really happy with his um, performance this year jason tatum at times this year was a um, mvp candidate and i mean if he didn't have JB and that team providing a bit of relief so he didn't have to do as much yeah. on any given night. He could have been, you know. Both right. making all-NBA teams as well. Both, both making all-NBA team. teams. Yeah, yeah, that's the other good point, isn't it? Um, so I'm happy with what I saw and it's given me sort of a lot of confidence going forward that you know, we can get over that next step and hopefully we can make it to the finals and reach that ultimate glory. So... I found this one one of the harder teams to actually grade. So Mm. I predicted them for a fourth-place finish. Um, They finished second. That's a tick in their favour. They ended up going through the playoffs. They made it as number two seed, beating the Hawks 4-2. They clutched up to beat the 76ers 4-3 in game Mm -hmm. seven there in the conference finals with an absolute masterclass from Jason Tatum in the third quarter. Yes. Bowing out 4-3 in the conference finals to the Miami Heat. I've given them a C. C. I've given them a C. That is a pass mark. Mm. Um, it's, I found this very hard to grade though because you would argue their regular season outperformed our expectations mm. for the postseason. But, but going into the season, they were one of the title favourites. Mm. They yep. didn't make the NBA finals. They went in as overwhelming favourites against the Miami Heat and couldn't get it done. Yep. Um, so it was almost bordering on C minus to D plus their season just for the fact like once they got to that position, they probably could have done more. Mm, mm. Um, but I give them a C mark. As you said, Ro, you would feel optimism about their season. Yeah. Um, with the players, what you saw, we've seen considerable off-season moves already. But they are, you, you kind of forget Tatum and Brown, they've been around for so long, but they are still both so young. They haven't mm. quite reached their prime yet, which gives you'd find a lot of solace in that. For sure. And like falling short at the pointy end of the season for these guys is really character building because mm-hmm. it shows them that just how close they are to reaching that ultimate ultimate success. And it sh- shows them what happens and like the type, the type of feeling that you get when you do fall short. And yes. sometimes like we've seen it with guys early on in their career, like obviously Kobe and we saw it with Michael Jordan as well, where like they've gotten close, mm-hmm. but time after time they've fallen short and eventually they were able to get over that hurdle of, or that final hurdle at the end of the season. And they'll be better for these losses over the last few seasons. So I'm, I'm, it's not all doom and gloom. Tell you what, there was real, real potential and it took me biting my tongue then, as you said, time after time, not to bust into a Cindy Lauper, <laughs> a little, um, get the boom box You'd on the shoulder there. You'd be a big Cindy fan, wouldn't you? 
Um, to be honest, I couldn't name you another song that I heard that's not <laughs> she, she one hit one, don't She yeah. was a one-hit yeah, wonder. Sure. Actually, just on that, I saw an outrageous mm. video today, and it was it was labelled um, the longest-running one-hit wonder of all time, and it was, um, what's his name, PSY with Gangnam Style? Yes. He was yep. running a full packed-out stadium. Like I would say there was in excess of 100,000 people there, every single person doing the dance. This is 2023. That happened almost a decade ago. What you a legend. A one-hit wonder if ever there was one. Um, Here's one for you. This is real off the fly. Yeah. NBA players. One-hit wonder. What, who's the one-hit wonder? What's the one-hit wonder uh, moment that comes to mind, if any? Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Probably that comes to mind most, you know, Lin Sanity. It wasn't a one-hit wonder. It was a bit of a stretch in time, a brief period, but it just encaptured the whole NBA as a whole. That, to be honest, just... You know, this was not pre-planned. That's the one that comes to mind straight comes away. Comes immediately. I like it. Don't know if you remember this. This was literally a one-hit wonder, one-game wonder. Oh, really. here we go. Do you recall that Sundiata Gates gains um, Utah Jazz three-pointer to get them over the line? It was probably, I would have thought it was probably 2008, 2009. That's deep in the deep in the locker. I Look it up if you get the yeah. chance. I literally... That is one of my most vivid memories of the NBA growing up, watching him hit that big three-pointer. I don't think I've ever heard of his name apart from that game. To be honest, I don't think I'm, I'm <laughs> on board with this one. I, like, I'm not aware of this one. Yeah, no, yeah. it was a big, big shot, one of the, one of the better um, three-pointers to win. But I just remember <laughs> sitting at Nans watching him knock down that three-point shot, and I haven't heard his name since, unfortunately. That's a great question, isn't it? Best one-hit wonders one in hit NBA wonder. history. That might We might have to do a bit of a – like, we're coming into the off-season. That might have to be a bit of a, a, a bit of an episode there. So That's a that's – a, yeah, it's a great good question. Um, let's push ahead to a team that we don't need to spend nearly as much time on. Mm. Um, Lee's not joining us tonight, <laughs> so he won't have his say, but we'll speak on behalf of him. Yep. The Charlotte Hornets, I predicted them for a 14th-place finish this year. They did, in fact, finish 14th with a 27-55 and 55 record. Mm. I've given them a D plus. Mm. Expectations were low. Um, the only thing exciting about them was really going into the season Lamelo Ball. He only suited up for thirty six games when he was playing. Though he averaged twenty three points, six and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists. Yet, you know what? What good is that really if we're seeing him less than half a season? No, it's pointless. To, to be honest, nothing else was really notable about this team except for the fact that they had a little patch in that kind of middle th- middle part of the season where they were essentially playing third stringers. Mm. You know, we had Dennis mm. Smith Jr., Theo Maladon, um, you know, these names that by no stretch of the imagination are household names. They were getting some wins. I remember they beat the Warriors. They had a little run there. They were playing without shackles throughout that period, weren't they? Very, very low expectations, and that sort of went in their favour. And, you know, as small as a, a size, a mm. sample size as that is, that was kind of a, a highlight for me. Apart from that, yep. nothing really stood out. Poor nah. campaign. Um, I've been a little bit more lenient just for the fact that we, you know, LaMelo Ball only played a handful of games. So D plus there for me. I've given them a straight D, the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, it was always, it was going to be um, a rough season from the get-go. Like even in that off-season, we saw Miles Bridges get mm. convicted. and it was, Yeah, it went downhill from there, it, didn't it? It went downhill very quickly. And then obviously the LaMelo Ball injury, it, it was always going to equate to a very poor season. But, yeah, even look at their other guys on their roster like, Rosier and Haywood was injured at times. Yep. Like, um, had Plumley to begin with. Plumley, yeah, Kelly Oubre Jr. Like mm-hmm. these guys who probably haven't didn't have the best season and didn't put the didn't sort of 
try to elevate themselves to yeah. any, any any further heights. Um, so I think they've probably, yeah, they've, they've definitely failed this season, but you, you do have to take some things into account, like injuries to keep yeah, players, of obviously. Um, do you reckon it's a good thing Michael Jordan sold the franchise? Do, do you reckon that's a positive thing going forward? Because, I mean, since he's owned it, they haven't reached any significant well, heights, have they? You're absolutely right in saying that, and we spoke about last week, the amount of money he's made off them. What was it? A $300 million investment cashing out at $2 billion. Yep. Um, still going to be around the franchise, but maybe now in a change of capacity, not as an owner, maybe that could be a bit of a catalyst for change, a bit of a catalyst for maybe success. Wouldn't bank on it, but... <laughs> no, I think it's a long, ro- long road ahead indeed, but who knows? Indeed. Pushing ahead to the uh, Chicago Bulls row. Um, you know, they finished 10th this season at 40 and 42. What did you make of their campaign? Uh, look, uh, I'm going to meh kind of. I'm going to bring out the word. Please do it. It's been, We're it good was, for one a week. Good for one a week, and here it comes. <laughs> Mediocre their season was the Chicago Bulls. Absolutely, they didn't reach any massive heights at any point of the season. Like obviously, Lonzo Ball is such an important player to this franchise, and we, we so often we do have to take this into account. But at the end of the day, like. How many seasons in a row are they going to fit, finish around the same mark? And we're going to be pleading for them to do something with this roster. Just Even the that. other day, yeah. were you about to bring this up? But Booch yes. resigning, like yep. this kind of thing. Like he's not a good rim protector whatsoever. He's no. not the guy who you'd want to keep around like longer term if you're the Chicago Bulls. They've got Drummond back as well. <laughs> drum back as well. Beat the drum. Oh, oh they beat dear. the drum indeed. And but... just compounding that, like the news that it's looking almost increasingly likely, not only next season, but there's a the potential we might not see Lonzo Ball back playing basketball. He might he might just up and retire. The, like, these knee troubles are just absurd at this point. Mm. Um, the extent of them is just severe to the nth degree mm-hmm. as not looking good. And, you know, we've spoken about time and time again, like such a broken record. What a big piece of, you know, their Huge. squad he is. Um, they had Caruso kind of playing that point guard role for big stretches. He's not able to pick apart the de- the defense as Lonzo God is. No. God even no. Lonzo's shot was really coming along. Um, yep. Don't want to harp on about Lonzo, but he's an integral part of what they do. And, and without him, they just look a little bit lost and floundering. They do. And I don't want to continue to bring it back to the first half of last season because that's in the rearview mirror. But they, at the first half of last season with Lonzo at full strength, they were looking like a legitimate top four threat in the East. Yep. And after he went down, ever since he went down, it's just been doom and gloom for the Chicago Bulls and re-signing these guys who aren't going to elevate them going forward. It, it, it pisses me off to no extent. And I, it's just, I, I'd hate to be a Chicago Bulls fan at the moment because I don't think, I think what you're signing up for is just another few years of finishing around that eight, nine, ten yeah. spot. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, DeRozan and Levine did their thing. They put points on the board. Mm-hmm. Um but they never really felt like they were going anywhere. They made the plane. They were able to beat the Raptors 109 to 105. Mm-hmm. They then fell to the the Heat 102 to 91 uh, to miss out on that last playoff spot. Had they made it, they would have simply been first round fodder, you would think, for oh, the Bucks. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then we thought Miami would. Be. Well, ex- exactly <laughs> right. But you know, but I've yeah. said here with the makeup of this team, you just can't really see them ever being anything more than a plane team. No, and no, God no. I know. I'm sure we will no doubt hear from our main man Apex during the week. Caleb, big Got shout out to you, mate. Apex. Got a feel for him, mate. 
how content would you be to see this team to keep, you know, wallowing in that that playing picture? Because that's where they're going to be at the minute, and mm. there's no indication that they're going to go further than that. The the Eastern Conference we've spoken about it's only continuing to get better. So, and look at these teams who have actually committed to the rebuild. Like we look at. Oklahoma City are a great example because yep. they've gone all in and now going forward until 2000 and what is it, 30 or whenever it is, they've got countless first-round picks. A notable inclusion, the Washington Wizards. Washington Wizards, Completely yes, yes, as well, nuking yes. it, yep. rebuilding from the bottom up. You know. Spurs, now yep. they've got Wemby. Like, there you go. This, this can be the end result. Now they're going to be stuck with Vooch as your starting centre. Imagine the defensive liability that that will have a <laughs> big man position going forward. So I don't want to harp on it, but far out. Like, it just annoys me. really does. Well, let's transition to a team that's built well over the last year or two. The Cleveland Cavaliers finished fourth this season with a 51-31 and 31 record. I've given them a B-. minus. Mm-hmm. Now, the mm-hmm. signing of Donovan Mitchell paid dividends immediately. He made an All-NBA second team after averaging 28.5 points, four rebounds, four assists, as well in a phenomenal performance, dropping 71 versus the Chicago Bulls in Mm. January. Um, They just looked like a super reliable team on both the ends of the floor throughout the regular season. Mm. Made the playoffs. They fell to the Knicks 4-1. Disappointing, wasn't it? I think for them, you know, I was happy with them in the regular season. I liked Mm. the makeup of their team in part. I think they're going to struggle to play, you know, on the defensive side, it's fantastic, but they're going mm. to struggle on the offensive end to play both Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Mm. Um, well, they've already know, shopped Jared Allen in this off season. So I think you're absolutely. onto something and I think they, they're well aware of that. I think they've got to be done because neither of them have the ability to stretch the floor. Mm. And just in that playoff series, it clogged the lane so much. Um, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are great when they get to the bucket. Yep. But when you've got two big, tall unmovable trees like that, there is little space to operate in. So I think for them to get to that next level, um, you know, take nothing away. They finished fourth home court advantage. Great season, great building season. Mm, no doubt. I think that's going to be the move they need to make to get to the next level. Who, would you, who would you have in that replacement spot? for if Because if they're not going to get rid of Evan Mobley. He's yep. just got too much potential. Yeah, absolutely. What are they doing with Jared Allen? What kind of player? Can you think of one uh, off the top? I know I'm putting you under okay. the bus here, but like any um, type of player to fill that position? I think if you still want to go someone with a bit of a defensive identity, but someone who can stretch the floor a little bit more so, mm. this might be a very short-term piece, mm. just mm. given his age. Mm. I reckon an Al Horford yeah. or someone like yep. that could even – even a Nurkic, mm. he's shown an ability to be able to shoot the three ball a little more consistently in recent years. Yep. You know, yep. I know he's I like had that. injury concerns. They're probably mm. just off the stone, the two names that come to mind first. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't even thinking of Al Horford, but he and I, I'm a Boston Celtics fan, do not want to get rid of Big Al. But no, he would, I think he'd be a great, great fit in that yeah. um, center position. But yeah, they've, they've got a little bit to work on before they're going to be considered like serious threats. And that's why I've, given them a straight B. Um, yeah. If we were grading them on their regular season alone, they've had an outstanding regular season and they gave uh, NBA fans, in particular Cleveland fans, a lot of hope coming into these playoffs. Another team, a feel-good team that you couldn't help very but root for. Very feel-good, particularly coming up against the Knicks as well. Like mm. the, oh. the Knicks are one of these teams that you just don't trust coming into <laughs> the playoffs as, as much as you want them to win because who doesn't like the Knicks going far and yep. in um, good for the, the play. It is good for the league, isn't it? But, you know, having um, Donovan Mitchell lead that team, 
um, and played really well throughout the course of the regular season was a really positive sign and that that acquisition paid dividends um, for them. But, yeah, they've been marked down massively just due to that um, early exit in the playoffs. Yep. If they had, a, I think even if they had have gotten over the Knicks in that um, first round matchup, I would have been considering giving them maybe like an A minus. Yeah, yeah, um, B plus to A minus. But going out in the too. first round, fourth position, it's not in really comprehensive fashion. Four one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that like wasn't that. it. Uh, let's move ahead to a team that we can probably brush over relatively quickly. Mm. The Detroit Pistons. They finished bottom of the Eastern Conference with a seventeen and sixty five record. Um, you know, you've got to say there wasn't too much hope for this season once Cade Cunningham went no, down. No. Bogdanovich was super solid and rookies in Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivey showed enough that you'd be hopeful for the future. And to be honest, the feel-good story for them this season was they've essentially become a rehabilitation clinic. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Marvin Bagley, James <laughs> Wiseman, these sorts of players getting a second lease on their career. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good stuff. It's feel-good mm. stuff. And they actually looked competent. They did, yeah, no doubt. And like, I'm hopeful for their future now, um, given the fact that they've tried to acquire some of these guys who it didn't work out in their previous franchise. And there's already signs at still early days, um, that it might work out for these guys going forward. Yeah. Um, I've given them a D plus. Like, it, yeah, it, likewise. It, it was an awful season, like in terms of the win loss record. Seventeen and sixty five. Yeah, it's a brutal one. It, it's a shocking WL record. But uh, at the end of the day, like we have to certainly take into account. That the Cade Cunningham injury um, for starters, that was, it was sort of like the Charlotte Hornets and LaMelo Ball. Yeah. Like you see your main guy like that go down and your hope dwindles. But, um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful going forward for the Detroit Pistons that they can turn things around. Yeah, it might not course. happen next year, but I think they've got enough talent, as you were mentioning before. Um, Jalen Duran and Ivy as well, like, the healthy Cunningham, they're building them in the and right Cunningham direction. as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've got a really good young core, but they are young and it's going to take time for them to, you know, elevate up the standings. Amen to that. Roy, this is one I'm interested to see as to how we how we grade this if we differ. The Indiana Pacers, they finished 11th with a record of 35 and 47. Mm. What did you think of their season? Yeah, so oh, this, is, this was a tricky one for me to go through. I've given them a... B minus. Okay. Um, yep. I've given them credit for a few for a few individual players, um, mm-hmm. particularly in Tyrese Halliburton, who's just Tom. had an outstanding year. Just quickly, twenty one points, four rebounds, ten and a half assists on yep. forty percent from three. He's a stud. He is, oh, and he's so likable. He's just he? such a he's he's oh, a guy who you can see like being like a. Um, obviously, like a franchise star, I was just but like say he's a franchise star. Yeah, yeah, but also a guy that the NBA I think will want to you know put market. forward. And it's yeah, a shame market, he's yeah. in a small market team almost. That probably what he done, what he does, is going to get overlooked a little bit, mm, yeah. and he probably won't be you know the face of the league or anything like that. But oh, he's he's a, he a killer. He's pretty low key, but on the court, like his performance is high key. Like he's just absolutely incredible to watch mm-hmm. um i thought buddy hill had a really good season positive yep. season and there's plenty of positives to take away from that particularly given buddy hill has been a guy over the course of his career who has shown a lot of inconsistencies i thought throughout the course of the season yes there were down games as there's likely to be but i think his consistency was a lot better this year likewise miles turner on that miles turner yeah second lease on life you know it looked for all money as if he was going to the lakers yep him and buddy for that fact 
Um, but both of them were able to turn around and really put forward some consistent performances. They were. And the last player that I thought I'd mention here, here is Benedict Matherin, yes, who starting off this season was starting like a house on fire. Like there was a long period there that even though Paolo Banchero was from pretty much day dot, <laughs> the, the guy who was going to win Rookie of the Year. He was one and done very quickly. Benedict Matherin to start the season was sitting in that, after daylight, he was sitting in that second spot after Paolo And also Banchera. sixth man of the year talk. Sixth man of the year. A yeah. period of time as well. Spark plug off the bench. And, um, yeah, so there's enough to look forward to for the Indiana Pacers. And they have passed in terms of what I expected from them this season. Um, but, minus. That's a good grade. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I think they'd take that, particularly given where they ended up finishing. I went even higher. Yeah, what'd you give them? I gave them a B plus. Yeah, and it's I, rightly so. Like I, were, I like it. They were... Just incredible throughout that first half of the season. I expected, as many others did as well, that they wouldn't even make 20 wins. I mm. predicted them for a 15th place finish this season. To finish 11th, you know, that does not flatter them. Mm. They were right up there in playoff, playing contention for big stretches of the season after the All-Star break. You know, they'd shown enough. They showed the positive signs, Halliburton, mm. Matherin and Co. Enough positive signs for fans to be happy. They probably made the right choice in shutting it down after the All-Star break. But if you're a Pacers fan, you've got to be really, really, really happy with the trajectory this franchise is on at the minute. With draft picks, young players, um, you know, Rick Carlo, I think, did a fantastic job. So I gave them a B plus. I was another team I just couldn't help but be excited for. Oh, me too, me too. It looks like their rebuild is being fast-tracked and it sort of begs the question as to when we think they will be in that playoff picture because, as you said, like predictions around the very bottom of the Eastern Conference, they've sort of just finished outside that playoff picture. Yeah. With plenty of improvement to come. I think it's – I don't think it's too far away. Exciting stuff indeed, Ro. The Miami Heat, they finished eighth throughout the regular season with a record of 44 and 38. I've given them a B grading. Um, What a bizarre season. Mm -hmm. You'd have to say that the season prior, they finished, they clinched the number one overall seed. Um, They fell well off the pace this year in terms of their regular season. After being one of the league's best three-point shooting teams the year prior, they could not hit water if they fell out of a boat this year. No, hard watch. Uh, they scraped their way through the plane. They were then able to knock off the Bucks, Knicks, and Celtics before finally succumbing in the NBA Finals to the Denver Nuggets. Jimmy Butler showed once again that, you know, he just takes it to another gear. Mm. In the playoffs, when games matter most, he's undoubtedly one of the league's best players in those must-win games, in those crunch time games when your legacy is kind of defined. He steps up big time, and uh, the whole team kind of, bounces and feeds off that. Like his energy just permeates through the whole squad. It does. Um, they were finally able to knock down some threes. And with that, you know, Max Struth, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin were able to go to the NBA finals against all odds. Uh, it really was an incredible Cinderella run. They ran out of steam a little bit at the end, as you could see with Jimmy. He just ran mm. out of petrol tickets. Understandable. Um, but I gave them a B, a really bizarre season though. It was. It was a tale of two, I don't want to say two halves, but it was. Say two cities then, just for the Charles Dickens fans out there. (laughs) I don't know that one, but I'll take your word for it. Um, But, you know, you look at their regular season and you go, well, 
this is just underwhelming, if anything. And, you know, if they hadn't have had that really impressive playoff run that took them to the NBA finals, they would have been getting an almighty fail. Big time. But the fact of the matter is that they turned things around in the playoffs and they endeared themselves again to people who ruled them out yes. and didn't think that they stood a chance particularly. And it opened people's eyes, didn't it, after that first round matchup. It was like, okay, you've just knocked off the number one seed in Who quite, are you quite and where have you been all well. season? And exactly. They, they came out and they were just a completely different team in the playoffs. Um, have I given them no, my rating? So I, I've given them a B. Um, yeah. As I said before, they would have been probably receiving like a D if they had a miss Absolutely. or if they had gone out first round, for example. But they've re, re, um, what's the word? recovered. Recovered. Yeah, they've recovered um, come the playoffs and – they're one of these teams going forward as well. I'm not sure about you, Nick, but because they had such a average regular season but then turned things around in the playoffs, I don't know what my prediction of them would be next year because like <laughs> yeah, tough one. If if they're going to play like they did in the playoffs throughout the regular season, they will be top two, top three. But interesting I, to see which route they go with their off season moves. There's already hmm. been some big name players. They Bradley Bill they missed out on, but James Harden even couple of other names being floated around at the moment. Freddie Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet. Yes. Steady Freddie. It'd be interesting to see which route they go with it and how their squad actually takes shape um, heading into next season. Mm, yep. A lot to play out on that side of things. Right. The Milwaukee Bucks, they finished as the number one overall seed with a record of 58 and 24. They bowed out in the first round to the Miami Heat, the aforementioned Heat. Mm-hmm. They got wiped 4-1 in the series. <laughs> so Holy shit. Like what in what? Like nobody full stop had the Heat winning. No. But for them to win 4-1 against the Bucks, it's just ridiculous scene, an alternate reality almost it seemed. Yeah, it was. It was. Not in your wildest dreams would have you envisaged that to happen. And I've given them a B minus. Um, regular season, they... B minus? Yes. Really? I, yeah, how? Oh, are we judging it on the regular season as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> yeah. They've you just know, won 58 right. with yeah, games no, and only lost Oh, 24. shit. Maybe I've gone very harsh. Oh, <laughs> I think you have. Yeah, but um, I, look, I'm completely taking into account yeah. the fact that they've gone out in the first round 4 1, as we've mentioned. But at the end of the day, like they've had such an incredible regular season that has to be taken into account as well. Yeah, sure. Giannis just doing typical Giannis things. 31 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, another MVP level campaign. MVP caliber for sure. Had Chris Middleton out for extended periods throughout the season. One of their key guys, even though we do refer to him as the, uh, what is it? The Ferris wheel, The Ferris wheel. When's it it up? When's it down? When's it going to get stuck? (laughs) Didn't see much of the Ferris wheels. Like the rides at Movie World, they were closed for extended periods. and um... PTSD, mate. (laughs) My legs are still recovering. Um, so, yeah, look, playoffs, absolutely underwhelming, yep. shocking performance, regular season, turn things around. So they're somewhere in the middle of that A mark that they would have received if they had have gone through with it, but also the D mark because they've had a shocking postseason. Um, I predicted them for a second-place finish, but lofty expectations that they were going to make a deep postseason run. Yep. With that, I've given them a D minus. I think I've given them possibly the worst grading out of the whole um, the whole the whole episode. Yes. Um, oh wow, D minus. You know, brilliant regular season, but you know they didn't really look like they got out of first gear too much throughout the regular mm. season. They didn't have to push mm. too hard. You know, Giannis was able to get a bit of rest. Brook Lopez missed a bit of time. Um, 
But that is nowhere good, nowhere near good enough for a team of their calibre to go down 4-1 to a... It's an eighth seed, but it's an eighth seed that had to win via the play-in, via two games. Almost missed out in the playoffs altogether. Yep. They, they weren't in the 7-8 matchup mm. for the play-in. They mm. were in the 9-10 matchup. The lower rung. Yep. Um, very interesting little predicament to see where they go from here. You know, they've won a title with this team. They've since got waxed in the first round. You know, Chris Middleton, we're seeing little rumours and things floating around regarding his contract situation. Mm-hmm. If you've got Giannis, though, you've got a chance. Um, Always. Incredible. Incredible, to say the least. Um but yeah, a D minus, very disappointing campaign there from me. Yep. The New York, <laughs> very, very much a discrepancy between those two. That's uh... probably our biggest one, and I dare say that will probably be our biggest. Oh, one. I B think minus so. to D minus, that's a big jump. It's a... It'll be interesting, guys. That's a good one for you out there. Any of our listeners, whether you're <laughs> tuning in on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, hit us up on our socials: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all of the socials, all the uh, daily dribble content. Let us know where you weigh in on that one, whether Absolutely. you side more so with the role or more so with myself. Don't get me wrong. I can see where you're coming from with that as well because, like, it, all things considering, it's still a very raw uh, outcome. Like, yes. it's, it's happened yep. recently. So you're thinking to yourself, geez, like, no, nah, they've, they've failed expectations and you're basing your grading, which I can understand, off the outcome of their season. Yep. But let's all, let's also take into the, account the that they've picture. had fifty eight wins. That's <laughs> a, a good that's a good clip. It is a good clip by anyone's standard. Um, the New York Knicks <laughs> finished fifth this year with a record of forty seven and thirty five. I've given them. I predicted them for eleventh. They mm. finished fifth, as I said. I've given them a B plus rating. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson had an immediate impact within this team, averaging twenty four point six assists, made them a lot more potent on the offensive end. Um, they were super solid throughout the regular season. I really enjoyed the acquisition of Josh Hart as mm, well throughout yep. halfway through the season. He was the difference at times. He was. Mm. Big, big bonus. Big, not not big a guy who you think will be the difference, but he was. The stats were there, proving the pudding. No, I think he's – I kind of see him in a similar vein to Larry Nance Jr., like mm. a bit of a almost underdone player who yep. can make an impact. Mm. Um, and he did. He did indeed. They were able to knock off the Cavs 4-1 in the opening round before falling to the Heat 4-2. The big thing, and I've said this quite a lot over the last month or two when we were talking about the Heat more, so, uh, the Knicks more so, mm-hmm. was they really need to address their centre stocks. It became absolutely apparent in their matchup versus the Heat. Um, Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein were just almost unplayable. Mitch Robinson, it was hack a shack <laughs> to a it? different level. Like, yep. get that guy on the free throw line, no worries. Um, if they want to get to that next level, which I believe they can with, yep. with Brunson. Barrett and Randall um, kind of as your main three, your core three, um, quickly and guys like that coming mm. off the bench. They've got potential there, but to get to that next level, they're really going to have to sort out that centre stocks because, as I said, Robinson and Hartenstein, they're just not those guys. They're not, are they? And it's really sort of like a blight on their chances going forward um, because I think that is the one notable, noticeable or notable um, weakness on their on their team at the moment like having a guy who's so one-dimensional as Mitch Robinson um you know defensively yes you you sort of know what you're getting from him but these days in the NBA you can't rely on guys to be so one-dimensional not have that other aspect to the game and unfortunately he doesn't just on that just that point you made with the way their roster their starting five is kind of constructed they're not built to be a defensive team no no they're Barrett Randall Brunson are not Guys who are going to play good defense. 
you can't have one guy anchor a defense. You better just sending it yep. and going all out in the offensive end. Yeah, just doing what the uh, <laughs> Sacramento Kings did for large portions of the season. No one's going to do it better than them. No, I, I gave them a B plus <laughs> as well, the New York Knicks. Um, I, I saw plenty <laughs> that I liked this season. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I thought he was actually one of my favorite players to watch throughout the course of the season because he just killer took, and crunched on. He really took this franchise upon himself to 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 get wins and. He was um, electric, yeah, particularly in the, in the clutch. He, he showed up um, time after time. Um, who were uh, RJ Barrett didn't have the best of seasons. We know this, but he like, he could almost be another candidate for the Ferris wheel tagline. He is very much, yeah. He's molding into a young Chris Middleton. You see, used to, used to. You see some flashes of him where you're really prop, like you're hopeful for what he could achieve going oh, forward. I but big tickets going into the season. I said, one of my hidden gems, he's the face of the Knicks. <laughs> big, big praises. For every um, great Josh Gideon, Dyson Daniels call I've had, I've also had an RJ Barrett call. So, yeah, that's uh, okay. That's okay. Balance is out in the wash, doesn't it? Yin, yin and yang, it's all about that. But um, Julius Randall as well, he was a guy who I think last season, we he almost became a bit of a the butt of our joke sometimes <laughs> because he was just so like, even though from a, box score perspective like it still wasn't awful last yeah. season like he, yep. he just wasn't performing anywhere near where he should have been but this this year he really bounced back and he endeared himself to me and I, I really liked what I saw from him it was important in a lot of games this year for the, for the difference when he's smiling when he's actually enjoying <laughs> ball it's a like, different ball game and it's very evident like he does not hide his emotions on his face God, no. when no, he's he happy and like it's incredible the output he can provide and the, yep. the impact that has on his team when you get negative kind of low intensity slouching Julius Randall, it uh, it's all it's like a cancer. It does yeah, spread. So really does. Really interesting does. there, bro. The Orlando Magic they finished thirteenth at thirty four and forty eight this season. How did you find their their campaign? Yeah, thirteenth. Um, they finished there or thereabouts. Where I think. Most people probably would have had them coming I into the season. them 13th, so on par. Yeah, so I had them around that B- minus mark. Look, 13th, you're never going to give them huge marks. But at the same time, it was A, it was to be expected, and B, we've seen some really good signs for the future this year, namely Paolo Banchero. Wrapped it up, as you said, day one. Day dot, he wrapped oh. that Rookie of the Year award up, didn't he? He was... wasn't even close. What Like, was not ever in doubt? No. Often no. we can see... You know, at times, even if there's a clear runaway at the start, at points, sometimes a, a second horse will make it'll make a discussion for it. Yep. Uh, for as good as Matherin and, and some of these other players were, never once was there any doubt that it was going to be Bancaro that won it. It was always him. It was always Paolo, wasn't it? So in his rookie campaign, 20 points, seven rebounds, nearly four, four assists. That is... Unreal that, output. That is like a better... Um, stat line box score for a season than a lot of NBA players will ever have in their entire careers. And he's Absolutely. done it in his first season. And Absolutely. He's just going to be one of these guys who will carry that franchise into the playoffs eventually. And um, I'm really looking forward to when that happens. Um, and we saw some good signs from guys like Markel Fultz was a guy who we thought could potentially like have dropped off Big the face bus. of the earth at some stage. And yes, he was the number one pick. And I guess all things considered, you have to, Consider him God, a bust. What world did that but guy go on number one pick he, in the draft yeah. class? Oh, no. He was in the Jason Tatum. Was it? No. Who was he with? Yeah, I think he was. He was in the Jason yeah. Tatum class. Yeah. Isn't that just criminal looking back on? Wouldn't that make you sick oh. as an Orlando fan? But I, I had positive intentions oh, of bringing no, his you name did. up Absolutely. because I think he showed really 
uh, promising signs this year that he could be a good contributor for the Orlando to Magic. Be an NBA forward. player at the least. At the very least. And that's yeah. <laughs> given where his career was at not too long ago, where his shot was just absolutely broken. Um, I think that you, you're going to take that if you're the, an Orlando Magic fan. So, um, yeah, that to be expected where they finished, but also good signs. Yeah, I gave him a C plus. As Ro said, like really this season wasn't too much about wins or losses. It was all about Paolo being Bencaro. Mm. He did not disappoint, as I just mentioned. Uh, it was great to see a player I've been very, very high on for a very long time. Haven't got to see him a, a real lot lately. I was delighted to see Jonathan Isaac back. Yes. Yeah. He'll hopefully build on upon that next season. Um, I think Franz Wagner had a great second campaign. Huge part of their core and their plans moving forward. Um, but, you know, I, I think this was a positive year in terms of building. Mm. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. I think the pieces they've got in place, the players they're, they're building, um, I quite like where they're positioned. So good stuff happening in Orlando. Agree. Oh, here we go. The Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> they finished third. I predicted them first. They finished third with a record of 54 and 28. Mm. I've given them a C minus. Mm. Uh, really just feels as if they're never going to get over this hump. It really doesn't. Their, their regular season was lackluster. Harden and Embiid most, uh, both missed time throughout, which disrupted their flow. That being said, Embiid, on a positive note, finally won that elusive MVP. Uh, he averaged 33 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. You know, very well done, Joel. Don't <laughs> think there's anyone arguing. Well, I, I think pretty much everyone's on board that you're not the best player in the league, and maybe you shouldn't have probably won that this year. No, I no. think Giannis and, and Jokic probably had better campaigns overall. They did. Um, they did. But I'm not on the judging panel, so I'll just sit here and suck lemons. <laughs> Uh, Tyrese Maxey, I thought, showed a real competency, mm. especially when Harden was out to step his role up into like a number two role. Um, and it begs the question, you know, all all signs now with the Harden situation of him exiting, he's gone essentially. Can Maxey step up and be that number two guy? I think he can. He showed it throughout mm. this season. Um, but, you know, despite their regular season, they failed to deliver in the playoffs when it mattered most. They were they didn't have to get out of first gear. They whacked the Brooklyn Nets four zip uh, before falling to the Celtics four three. They led that series three two, going back mm-hmm. to Philly three two up. Mm-hmm. They bottled that game six and then got absolutely waxed in game seven. You know they started well. They had it on their terms somewhat. Um, they went just down at at halftime there. And as I said, Jason Tatum and the whole Celtics team absolutely rooted them in the third quarter. Um, it was embarrassing. So it was great to watch. Dis- disappointing year, a C minus rating there for the Philadelphia 76ers. Bro, as I said, I predicted them for first this year. Mm. Again, come hell or high water. Like, mate, you might have to tie me down and beat me senseless <laughs> with a pillowcase filled with bars of soap. Do not <laughs> let me ever put my faith in the in the 76ers again. No, no. Never look, again. Look, I, try, I tried to get through to you, Nick. I tried well, I'm to get a through. I'm for but... pain, mate. <laughs> um, yes, I love it. Are. Yes, Me you and Payne are like that. And, um, yeah, look, I, I've also given them a C-. And I think this season it's just the – what's it, what's the saying? It's the something that broke the camel's back. The straw that the broke straw the camel's the back. back. Thank you, Nick, for oh, your got you, mate. knowledge in sayings. Oh, um, I love them. I, I think this is just the season where I'm just never, ever again, until they make it to the finals at the very least, never going to hold them in any sort of high esteem. I'd... We've got a pact here then now, don't we? Yeah, We're, absolutely. This is, this is here. It's on, it's on video. It's, it's, you know, 
this will hold us accountable. Yes. And I'm yeah. sure the listeners will hold us accountable. We cannot do this any longer. Oh, it's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh. I don't even care that Joel Embiid won the yeah, MVP. Do I. Like, I really don't because, and I'm, I'm going to sound like I'm, like, pulling the almost. whole award. But, yeah. like, I, I, I just don't think he deserved it. I don't want to be negative Nancy no, for I'm, this whole thing, but I, I don't think you. he deserved it. I think it was sort of like a, oh, you haven't won one. Okay, you're going to we'll give it to you for optics, yeah, I guess. Absolutely. But the Philadelphia 76ers, yeah, we don't like we don't care that you have really impressive re- regular seasons. What, time after time after time, you disappoint everyone and you make people look silly for backing you. And This guy. Th- this guy. This guy. This guy, this guy right doesn't here. want to look silly. And, I know. And, you've and it's him... happened so many times now. <laughs> but, so, um, yeah, no, they, they're one of my most disliked teams. Yeah. Um, We've spoken about for a lot of reasons. paces becoming teams that have, and Brooklyn, you know, who have endeared themselves to yep. us. 76ers have gone the complete opposite way. So, you know, we wipe our hands of them right here and now. Yes. Yep. Ro- the Never Toronto again. Raptors. We've got two teams to go. They finished ninth with a record of 41 and 41, split straight down the middle. What do you want to rate their season this year? Yeah, I didn't have a heap to say about no. the Toronto Raptors, to be honest with you. I've given them a straight C. Um, that Just Groundhog Day, wasn't it? It was. It was very sort of like, oh, uh, yep, this is where we sort of envisaged you finishing come the end of the season. They didn't reach any great heights. And, um, I mean, Pascal Siakam, from an individual standpoint, was – Really impressive. Like I, yeah. I love Pascal yeah. Siakam, but if if you think I'm going to be giving you a high grading for one guy in particular, then it's probably not going to happen. But and I think they've just they're sort of just in a spot at the moment where they, they we don't know what's happening with them. Yep. Um Freddie Van Vliet might be the first domino to fall. From my perspective, I hope it I hope it is the first domino to fall. I hope they do something and try to build around particularly Scotty Barnes because he is the future of that franchise going forward. For sure. As much as I love Pascal Siakam, and I just mentioned that he had such an outstanding regular season, like I, I think he 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 presents a lot of value and I think yeah. he presents something, an opportunity for the Toronto. Raptors to rebuild potentially by gaining a few really early oh, round draft yes. picks um, or, you know, young players mm-hmm. who are more on Scotty Barnes's timeline to sort of help start that rebuild. But um, yeah, it was just run of the mill for me this season for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I'm pretty on board with everything you've just said. I actually gave them a C minus a, mm. a downgrade just because of the fact, I think they've missed a real opportunity this year. Mm. Um to cash in on some of these players whilst their value is as high as it was, looking namely at maybe Siakam, yep. Fred Van Vliet, but in particular, OG and Anobi. Uh, missed I, opportunity. Missed opportunity. Mm. Their value has has decreased in the latter mm. half of the season. I really, and we said, we we clamoured for it. We said they were just, they were middling along. Yep. There were so many suitors and some of the packages that were put in, being put forth, especially for Ananobi, and they failed to act on it. I think they missed their window to get maximum value. They'll still get, you know, if they were to trade him or whatever the case may be, get respectable returns. Mm. But there were a lot, a lot of teams really heavily looking for his signature. Um, I, I think they've just missed the trick here. I think they have as well. So and... shame on them. They, they, like you, you, you really did. You've got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Yep. 
Um, they should have folded their hand. This team wasn't going anywhere. I think they missed an opportunity. I think so as well. And it's quite frustrating from an NBA fan's perspective to look into these franchises and you think the common sense approach is almost to like, yeah, like it now is a good time to offload. Like what, what, what do you think it's going to achieve by um, retaining OG Ananobi going forward? Yes, he's, he's a very solid defensive player, but like you can get, he pre- yeah. he's at the stage at the moment where he presents the most value. And for you not to pull the trigger just makes me think that you're not really serious about progressing back up the standings. Raise your hand if you want another Nick quote. Yes, please. Nick. There we go. Absolutely. Rogue might, might have been one you heard. But the common sense point, common sense isn't common anymore. <laughs> and it isn't. As one I've been not. saying a lot in different facets of my life, whether mm. that's sport or work or whatever, mm. like what is you would think a very logical answer. People don't see it that way anymore. Um, the Raptors are a fine example in that. So they need to find some common sense and quickly. Yes. Let's push ahead to our last team, the Washington Wizards. We can probably do pretty quickly as well. Mm, they God, finished yeah. 12th at 35 and 47. I've given them a D. Mm. Another really just disappointing season as a whole. Um, got nothing great to say about them except for the fact Porzingis actually looked like a really competent level player. And yep. I think you'd feel quite excited about the fact for he's sure, going to Boston. For sure, yep. Uh, likewise, Kuz started. They, they actually got off to a decent start this season. Um, despite Bill missing it, they had Kuz kind of leading that team. Mm. Went off a cliff very, very quickly. Got nothing really to say to them other than the fact, you know, I know it doesn't tie in with these grades, but I'm proud of the fact that they didn't just do a rebuild. They full just blew this whole thing up. I did. Um, I did. You know, I give them points for that. Uh, their season as a whole goes as a D. Yeah. D for disappointing. And I think I'm giving them a C- minus for the reasons that you were mentioning then in terms of they have committed to something now. Like they've yeah. committed to improving. And, yes, their season was – they don't get a pass mark by any means, no, no, sir, but they certainly get um, uh, points. For... Of the Daily Dribble hard taskmasters here. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, they, they get points for trying to turn turn yeah. things around. And even though that might result in a few tough years ahead, I'd much prefer that than – We're just going to be trucking along, out. like not yep. going anywhere. Like you've got to take that short-term pain for a long-term gain and hopefully it pays dividends for them. Um, I hope so. You've got to respect that because yep. we, we hate it. That mediocrity, we hate it. They've decided to go against it. Um, fair play to the Washington mm. Wizards. Disappointing season though. Guys, there concludes our Eastern Conference gradings. We, Ro and I, have rattled through all 15 teams here tonight. Um, part two will take place next week where we'll transition to the West Coast rattling through all 15 Western Conference mm. teams. I always enjoy doing these ones. Like, I know we do them, you know, if we did more shows a week, you could spend a lot longer on them. You could. But doing these kind of flash flash couple of minutes on each team, it's quite a, a fun, frenetic way just to revisit the season um, in bite-sized pieces. Yeah, no doubt. And as I was saying before, it's all very raw in our heads at the moment, so the emotions might be coming to the surface for some oh, of absolutely. these gradings. But what can you do? We've only just experienced it and... As we saw with the Philadelphia 76ers, yeah. we're still mad. We're st- and we don't even go for them. We're exactly right. Imagine mm. being a Philly fan right oh, now. You'd dear. be steaming still. You would be. Guys, we certainly appreciate all the continued support despite the season being over. Continue to do so. We're just entering free agency just about. So continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok to make sure you're staying up to date with all the latest news, not only from the NBA, but also the NBL. The off-season is just running rampant at the minute. 
Uh, so continue to stay up to date with all of those socials to get the latest news as soon as it breaks. Guys, from Ro, from myself, and from Lee, who couldn't be here tonight, thank you very much for tuning in, and we can't wait to join you next week to do the Western Conference. Till then, take care.